If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 13, Numbers 13, just to uh, give a little report on the pastor and Denise on their trip. They are in New Zealand right now. They're, I think they're on a ship that's going all around New Zealand, and they stop and go and take excursions in and. Denise sends some uh, little video things over the internet to Diane. I can't understand what she's saying, but it it looked a nice scenery in the background. Uh, And they're having a great time. They like New Zealand better than Australia is what I'm gathering. Uh, Very unique. So continue to pray for them. They'll be gone one more Sunday. Next Sunday is our Christian school Sunday. I encourage you not to miss it. I don't have any kids in Christian school or anything, but Pastor... Nichols will be preaching next Sunday morning. You don't want to miss that, and it'll be a message that's applicable to everyone. So I hope you can come, and then uh, the week after that, Pastor will be back, but we have revival. And I, I may encourage you about coming to hear Brother Tozier, tremendous evangelist. Uh, he, he will help you. It'll be, his preaching will be a help to you, be a help to your family. Uh, it's good to invite friends, people that, uh, other believers, or people who don't know Christ, uh, and you'll be blessed by that. Uh, in Numbers 13, uh, we're going to be looking at a story, and uh, hopefully it will be a help to you. But before we get into that, I need to find out what kind of group, what kind of congregation that we have here today. Uh, I, I could not believe this. I, I thought I picked out something that would be very easy, and I was just shocked in the early service. But I'm going to ask the same question again. How many people here like liver? Liver. Well, that's it was even more. I I didn't know we had so many people that really weren't saved that were here <laughs> that like liver. And I'm going to use the word liver because I, I liver doesn't do anything for me at all. I'd run away from liver. If you, if you have to insert some other kind of thing you don't like to eat, you insert it. Well, let me ask another question then. How many people like donuts? How many like a nice donut? How many would rather have a donut than a piece of liver? Uh, I, I hope so. I have a grandson. This is, not a, this is true. And one of my grandsons, I, I was supposed to be around two, and uh, his mom was having another baby. And so she asked him, do you want a baby brother or a baby sister. And he said, I want a donut. That's what he said. <laughs> so I, I, I knew all my grandchildren were geniuses, and, and that, was, that was great. In fact, they had a baby boy. They named him Krispy Kreme just so they could. <laughs> no, they, they didn't name him Krispy Kreme, but uh, that's some choice. Hear the children of Israel. Let's look at Numbers 13. Look in verse 27. Uh, we'll read it, and then we'll just give a little background here. In verse 27, it says, And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Many years before this, God promised this particular area Canaan land and the promised land to Abraham. That's why it's called the promised land. It was promised to Abraham and his descendants, to Isaac, then Jacob, and to the children of Israel. 
while they, they did go there for a while, they ended up, Jacob and his sons, going to Egypt because Joseph was there. And I think you all probably remember the story because there was food to eat there and Joseph took care of them. And in the course of time, uh, they forgot about Joseph and they basically enslaved the Israelites. Then God raised up Moses to go and lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And, and you remember, he took them out across the Red Sea and they came up to this area called the promised land and they sent in some spies and the spies came back and said it is a land that flows with milk and honey but there's some problems there some difficulties there let me let me just say this before we say any more many times you'll hear people that use the expression the promised land maybe in a song and equate that with heaven you know well we're going to go to the promised land I, I better not sing for you but they would sing about that, and it's, not, it's nothing that that's wrong, but it's, the promised land is not a type, a picture of heaven. Why? Because there were difficulties in the land. When, heaven has no difficulties. Heaven's a perfect place, no pain, no suffering, no sin, no death. But there were going to be difficulties in the, the promised land. And basically, the promised land was a type, a picture of the Christian life or the victorious Christian life. There are blessings in the Christian life, but there also are difficulties. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The people came up to the land. They sent the spies in. Ten spies said, oh, we can't go in there. There's, there's, there's going to be some hard things in there. Two said, no, we can go in and take it. They didn't want to go in because there were difficulties. God said, okay. You know, the spies were in there for 40 days spying out the land, and when they came back out, when they basically decided that the Israelites decided not to go in, God says, well, you're going to get to wander in the desert for 40 years. Just Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that gave a good report, got to go in, and all the young uh, people of Israel, but uh, once you got to a certain age, you weren't going in. You are going to die in the wilderness. And so that's what happened. And it's really sad. God said, here's the land. It's the land I promised to you. It's, it's full of blessings. It's full of milk and honey. And they missed out. So the question is this morning, are we missing out in our Christian lights? Are we missing out? Are we settling for liver when we could have a donut? <laughs> now, I said that to, to kind of just keep your attention, but so many times we do. We settle for liver when we could have a donut. We miss out on how, what God wants to do and how he wants to bless our life. You know, the truth of the matter is, life is difficult, isn't it? That's just a fact, because the world is a sinful place. And whether you know Christ as your Savior or you don't, you, you're probably going to have some difficulties because of the result of sin in the creation. The Bible says in, in Job 5, 7, man was born unto trouble. So there are always going to be difficulties. There are always going to be struggles. And we're going to talk about it today. And so many times the difficulties, we allow that to cause us to miss the milk and honey that God wants to do in our life. So our first point today, and hopefully it'll be up on the screen, uh, it, it was so wonderful. They did such a good job. I want to compliment my wife who was very busy and she typed some stuff up for me. And what a blessing because she can type fast. I can type with this. And she typed it up for me, and Pastor Self put these up for me. And so uh, hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll work as well as they did in the early service. 
Number one, here's the first thing we need to understand. There are always going to be difficulties when we try to serve the Lord. Do you understand that? Somebody doesn't like it when we try to serve the Lord with our life, when we try to go forward for Christ. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Doesn't say might suffer persecution. You what? Shall suffer. Shall suffer. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says this, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Peter said, don't get caught by surprise. There are going to be difficulties in life. And especially there are going to be difficulties when you try to serve the Lord. When you try to live for him. And in Numbers 13, we're going to look at the children of Israel and, uh, and, and look what they faced and realize that some of the same things that we can face. And, and, and the question comes, do I want to be stuck just with liver or can I have a donut too? And hopefully this will be a help to you today. The first thing that they faced or the first difficulty was, number one, great walled cities. Look in verse 28, Numbers 13, it says this. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and their cities are walled. They had big walls. Well, that walls, if you think about it in a way, are things that seem to be insurmountable. I can't get past this. I can't get over this. I can't get through this. And a lot of times we face things that it just seems like we, that we can't get over. They seem insurmountable to us. It could be our health. Some, some, I'm sure you say, well, I have this health problem, and I just, I just have a health problem. I can't, it won't go away. And it seems insurmountable. We don't know what to do. Maybe it has to do with finances. Maybe it has to do with the loss of a loved one. I just can't get over this, I, I, being without them, having them around. Maybe it's just family issues. I, I, you know, I've come to know Christ, but my family had, wants nothing to do with that. That can be a, an insurmountable problem that really trouble us. There's a, a big wall that seems we can't get over. I like Psalms 18.29. It should be up on your screen. Psalms 18.29 says this. The psalmist says, And by my God I've leaped over a wall. The thing that seemed insurmountable, God can help you with. And he leaped over the wall. In Joshua chapter 6, Remember, they came in the land finally, and they approached Jericho, who had huge walls. And so they went around them, and then on the last day, they went around them several times, and then they did this, verse 20. And so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. What seems insurmountable to you is not insurmountable for God. Now, I know some might be saying, wait a minute, preacher. I, I've come up with problems that, uh, that seem too big for me, and I've jumped, and I've jumped, and i jumped, and I can't seem to jump over them. I, I've, I've shouted, and I've blown the trumpet, and they don't seem to fall. So what, what are you saying? Well, what, what I'm saying is, God can help you with that wall, but this is what you need to do. Let, let this pulpit be the wall. And here's what happens to many people. They're, they're going into their Christian life, and they come up with a, a, a wall. 
and they try to climb over it. They try to jump over it. They try to butt it down, and it just it seems difficult and hard. Um, this is what, sadly, we do many times. I have a difficulty. It's just too hard, and they turn around, and they head back in the opposite direction. And they miss out on the milk and honey that God wants to do. You know, God might have something that's insurmountable because he's trying to teach you something in your life. He's trying to uh, strengthen you in an area in your life. And this is what you need to do. Uh, you know, I, th- th- right now I, I'm struggling, but I'm going to keep I'm going to keep jumping and I'm going to keep shouting. Doesn't the Bible say ask and seek and knock and then ask and seek and knock and ask and seek and knock? Don't give up on this, but what you do is say, I'm going to let this stop me. I'm going to uh, just stop trying to live for the Lord. I'm going the opposite direction. Uh, this will still be here. I'm going to keep working on this with God's help, but I'm going to keep moving forward for Christ. I'm not going to allow that to stop me and turn me around from serving the Lord. Amen. Now, you know why you should do that? Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on the milk and honey. Amen. The Israelites didn't enter the land. Did God keep caring for them? Well, he kept giving them manna, and he, and he kept uh, watching out for them while they wandered in the wilderness, but they missed out on what they could have had from God. They missed out on the milk and honey. Let me encourage you. If you come something that seems insurmountable, remember God can help you jump it. He can help you. He can knock it down. He might leave it there for a while, but whatever you do, don't keep going for, forward for Christ because you're going to miss out on the milk and honey, the blessing uh, that God wants to work in your life. Here's the second thing that was a difficulty for them, and it, this was the people. Look in verse 28 again. I hope you're still there. Uh, it says in the beginning of verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell there. And then he lists them off in verse 29, the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Canaanites. They're there. These people are there, and they're, they're a strong people. They're a, 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 a powerful people. He, he lists them specifically. First, he lists the Amalekites. The Amalekites uh, were the first people to attack Israel, by the way, when they left Egypt. They attacked them, and they used guerrilla tactics. They would just come up out of nowhere and attack and then disappear you know, and there's some Amalekites when you try to live for the Lord. I'm just trying to live for Christ. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes someone to attack us, to try to stop us, to try to defeat us. People who attack, don't be caught by surprise. But don't let an Amalekite keep you from serving the Lord. You can learn to expect it. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. They came from out of nowhere. Then you had the Hittites. The Hittites also lived in the hills, and they were always nosing around in the affairs of Israel. They represent people who infiltrate, infiltrate with false doctrines or false ideas. Let me ask you a question. Are there a lot of false ideas out there today? We certainly know there's always false doctrine. There's a lot of ideas that people paint a picture of being so good. This is a great idea, but it's contrary to the Bible. By the way, how do you know when something is a false idea or even a false doctrine? You study, learn the Bible. Keep learning the Bible. And that, it'll point it out to you. But there are always Hittites who are trying to infiltrate. Just a little bit of false teaching there, a little bit of false doctrine there. And, and we need to be aware of them. Then you have the Jebusites. 
Those represent people who resist. They, they resist those who don't do what they want. Boy, do we see that today. Don't we see that today? There's certain ideologies in our country, and really it's all around the world. Some people like to use the word woke, the woke ideas. And if you don't go along or agree with what that is, they will resist you. They will call you names. They will try to get you fired. They will try to ridicule you. They're going to resist. Uh, let me tell you something. If you live for Christ, there are going to be some Jebusites in your life, maybe at work, maybe within your family that will resist you. Then you have the Amorites. So those represent people who pollute, liberals who drag down God's people. And the, the Amorites, especially, their culture really had an impact on the Israel, some of the things that they believe in practice. And uh, they, they polluted God's people with their uh, false ideas. Then the last group was the Canaanites. They, they talked about, we can't go in there because the Canaanites are there. Those represent people who pervert. False teachers, false churches that teach false doctrine. The Canaanites especially were Baal worshipers. They lived by the sea. And they, they were a particularly wicked people. All those people were in the land. And all of them would try to resist Israel. And Israel had a choice. Well, we can go in, defeat them, uh, and, and, and chase them out of there. Or we're just, we, you know, they're too much for us. It's too much for us. So they decided to turn back. They decided to stop doing what God had led them out there to do. And they missed out on the milk and honey because of a bunch of Jebusites and Amalekites. Folks, you're going to face those type of people. And we could have talked more about each one of these groups and what they try to do. Um, but don't let them keep you from doing what you know you ought to do. They'll, people will resist you if you're trying to live for Christ. People will try to influence you with false ideas. They'll try to attack you just out of the blue. And it can be very discouraging. But live for Christ and don't turn your back to that. All right, here's the third, the third thing that was a difficulty for them is great big giants. If you look in verse 28, it says at the end of the verse, Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And uh, down in verse 33, it says, And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Uh, children of Anak probably is who Goliath was descended from. And Goliath... Uh, he is given a measurement in the Bible, and he was probably nine foot nine inches tall to around ten feet. You want to know how big ten feet is? Uh, ten feet, if you go out to the basketball court, a, a rim is ten feet high. He's, I had a kid in Bible class say, well, I thought they would be really big. It, ten feet would be so intimidating, you couldn't believe it. How many has ever stood by somebody who was seven foot tall? And, and that is intimidating. But this guy, he wasn't 10 feet tall and skinny either. He was probably a rough-looking customer. And the, uh, we'll let the idea of big giants just represent the giant uh, problems, giant pressures that people face. These are too big for me. 
I can't, I can't do this. This is too big. They're too large. Uh, and, and whatever the problem may be, it could be a person or something else. A lot of times when it's a person, it'd be like Goliath, who was big and mean and nasty and intolerable. In fact, uh, hold your place here in Numbers 13. Look, look over in 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Uh, 1 Samuel is right before 2 Samuel, if that helps you. All the numbered books in the Old Testament are together. 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles. So if you get one with a number in front of you, you're close. 1 Samuel 17, a lot of you know the story of David and Goliath. But sometimes we, we, there are big problems that uh, pop up. And they're very intimidating. And they're very scary. And it causes us to, to turn back from pressing forward for Christ. And we miss out on the blessings that God wants to uh, do, work in our life. We miss out on the milk and honey. 1 Samuel 17, if you look in verse 4, we're beginning in verse 4, it describes Goliath. And then in verse 8, it says, and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And he be able to fight with me and to kill me. Then we will be your servants. By the way, that was the lie. What happened when David killed Goliath? The Philistines all tried to run away. <laughs> they didn't run down to be their servants. They ran away. But it says, but if I prevail against him and kill him, then ye shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day to give, to give me men that we may fight together. How did the, the soldiers react? Look over in verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. They were sore afraid. Um, they looked at the giant and said that we can't fight him. He's too big for us. What problem maybe are you facing today? What difficulty that something seems just too big for you? Maybe it's some pressure you're under at work. Maybe it's uh, problems in the family. And it just seems too big and too overwhelming to to overcome. Uh, You ought to remember what David said. Look over, just turn your page over to verse 46, verse Samuel 17. In verse 46, again, I know you know the story, but it says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and will give the carcass of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, unto the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Here's what happens to us many times. We see a big problem. We see a giant, and we look at the giant, and then we look at ourselves, and he said, there's nothing I can do with that. It's just too big, too too strong for me to to do anything and overcome that in my life. What we need to do, well, in fact, turn back to number 13. Just, Just look at what the Israelites' attitude were. They said this. In Numbers 13 and verse 33, and we saw the, the giants, the son of Anak, which come out of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Here they were looking at the problem and looking at themselves. And they said, we're grasshoppers. 
But here's what we ought to do. We need to look at that problem and then look at God. And if uh, it should be up on your screen here, Isaiah 40, 22 says this. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. So when you see a giant, whatever it might be, don't compare that to yourself. Compare it to God. And, and press forward for Christ. Um, and uh, don't miss out on the blessings of the milk and honey. Don't settle for liver when you can have a donut. I, it, the truth of it, no matter what the giant is, it is a grasshopper in God's sight. Always remember that. It's always a grasshopper in God's sight. Here's the fourth thing they face. The fourth difficulty is this. Great discouragement from the ranks. Great discouragement from the ranks. In verse 28, back in Numbers 13, verse 28, there's a word there. It says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. Nevertheless means despite what God said or what God promised, we're not going to go in. That was not the Jebusites or the Amalekites or the Hittites saying that to them. That was their own people. And many times we face discouragement from people we know, people within the church, people within our family that will discourage us and get us to quit because there is a difficulty. And, and we're allowing that to keep us from experiencing the milk and honey that God wants to provide for us. There's, um, there's a verse. Let me read it for you. I wasn't going to turn there for sake of time. And we're running out of time this morning. But this is exactly what God promised them. Exodus 33, verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it, and I will send an angel before thee, and will drive out the Canaanites and Ammonites and the Hittites and Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. So what did God promise them? He promised them, hey, that's the land. I want to bless you in the land. Yes, there are difficulties in, but I will drive them out. And they wouldn't believe God. They, they turned their back and wandered in the wilderness and missed out on being in the land, a place that flowed with milk and honey. How about us this morning? Many times we, we are discouraged by people because you're not able to do that. But the Bible says that we're not able, but God is. We're running out of time. If you want to, if you're taking notes, Ephesians 3, verse 20, talks about that God is able to be more than we could, to do more than we can imagine, that we can do ourselves. He is able. I love that song. He's able, he's able, I know he's able. I know my Lord is able to carry me through. Do you believe that? He is able, but I know we're not. Don't allow people to discourage you. Now, there is a solution when we are discouraged by people, people even, we know, or even people like the Jebusites and the Ammonites and all those people. Uh, Joshua and Caleb had the solution. In Numbers 14, I don't know if you're still in the book of Numbers, but Numbers 14 in verse 9, it says, Only rebellion not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. Now notice this, and the Lord is with us. 
If you trusted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came in and dwelt you the moment you do that. God said he'll, you'll, he'll never lose you. He'll never cast you out. And uh, that he, it's never uh, without him, wherever you are in your life. He's not going to forsake you. He is with you. So when you face giants, giant problems, when you face things that seem insurmountable, when you face people that are going to resist you and, and, and try to, to uh, get you to do false things and, and, and uh, embrace false ideas, uh, uh, God is able to do it. He's able to help you through it. He is able, and never forget that. Well, what do we need to do now? There's four great difficulties. How do, how do we plan for the difficulties? How do we plan? Uh, what can we do? Well, Jesus in Luke chapter uh, 14 tells us to count the cost. And he gives the illustration of somebody building a house. And, and if they, they start to build a house and they don't have the money or the finances to finish it, so it sits there unfinished. Or somebody that goes to battle and I, I have... Uh, 100 soldiers, and they have 100,000. Maybe we ought to try to do something else. You count the cost. And so what the well, first thing we need to do is we need to plan specifically. Plan specifically. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 says this, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. You know, Dan Daniel knew specifically what was going to happen. Many times when we go for the Lord, we know something is going to happen. Don't be caught by surprise. Like Peter said, we read earlier, don't let some, like some strange thing has happened to you. You can plan specifically and be prepared uh, for the difficulties that come in your life. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many ever heard of them? And, and they, the king made a big statue. And he says, when you hear the music, you've got to bow down and, and worship that or you're going to get thrown in the fiery furnace. Uh, they knew exactly what was going to happen. So they, they made some decisions ahead of time. When, when the king gave them a second chance, are you going to bow down? And they said, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. What that means is we already decided what we're going to do. So you can plan specifically. Yes, I know because the Bible tells us I'm going to face difficulties. And in certain cases, I know exactly what they are. Don't keep those difficulties from enjoying the blessings of the promised land. The milk and honey God wants to work in your life. Don't settle for liver when you could have a donut. Also, you can do this thing. Plan generally. Plan generally. Generally means, I know the Bible says, if I set out to serve the Lord, I am gonna, there's going to be some difficulties. Well, just be prepared for that. I love 2 Chronicles 27, 6 says this. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord is God. He didn't know what was going to happen every day as king. He didn't know what was going to go on. But he said, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm going to, be, I'm going to stay in my Bible. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to keep moving forward. And so when the difficulties come, he, he was able to, to keep pressing forward. Lastly, uh, one other verse here. Turn over to, in your New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Y'all been very patient this morning. I hope I didn't make you hungry talking about donuts. <laughs> donuts. 
I don't, I just like simple donuts, a cake donut with white icing on it, or I like white powdered donuts. Um, and I don't like anything jelly-filled, though, or cream-filled. <laughs> but I like a certain kind of donuts. Okay, is everybody, I was giving everybody a chance to get there and think about your donuts. Is everybody there to 2 Corinthians? Here's the third thing we can do, and it really help us. It's just to have a Christian attitude. What? Have a Christian attitude. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, look in verse 16, it says... For which cause we faint not, but though our inward man perish, yet the inward man, outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You know what the, the right Apostle Paul says here? He says, light afflictions. That, that means difficulties. He called them light afflictions. He, he got stoned. He got thrown in prison. He got in shipwrecks. He got whipped badly and thrown in, in, in the prison and put in the stocks. And yet he, he, you know what he had? He had a Christian attitude. These are just light afflictions. These are nothing that's going to stop me from going uh, forward for Christ. And he, he wanted the milk and honey that God worked in his life. And that's the same for us. We ought to have a Christian attitude don't be caught by surprise at their difficulties. And keep going forward for the Lord. Don't miss out on the milk and honey God wants to bless you with in your life. Which brings us to our third point, our last point this morning. And it's very important. Even with difficulties, there is blessing. Even amidst when you're having difficulties, there is blessing. Back in Numbers 13, maybe you're still there. Numbers 13. It says... In verse 27, and they told him, this is the spies, and said, We came unto the land which thou sendest us. Surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. This is the fruit of it. With all the difficulties, there is always milk and honey. There's always milk and honey. You know, that in itself should help us have that Christian attitude, right? That should help us have... The attitude, I'm going to keep going forward for the, for the Lord because of his blessings and his goodness in my life. And by the way, th th talking about Mel County, it is real. This is not just talk. For them, if you look in verse 27, they use the word, surely it flow from milk and honey, and, and this is the fruit of it. They showed them. This, we brought back some of the stuff that's there. And let me encourage you. I'm up here talking. Oh, you just, that's just talk. No, it's, it's real. I would encourage you, if you go around the church, especially maybe some senior adults, and ask them about their life and, and, and trying to serve the Lord, they say, you know, it, that's, it's true. Uh, yes, I had difficulties in life. I had things that were struggle, struggle that, that were, seemed too big for me, and yet God helped me through them all, and he blessed me so richly. And it's true. And it's real. You don't want to miss something that's true and real, do you? And uh, I encourage you to do that. It's not just talk. Here, here's what it comes down to. The, these two choices. If I don't live for Christ, I'll have difficulties. Because that's just life, right? 
If I don't live for Christ, I'll have difficulties. If I do live for Christ, I'll have difficulties, plus I'll have milk and honey. Do you want liver or you want a donut? You want liver only? Even if you like liver, wouldn't it be nice to have a donut too? <laughs> if we live for Christ, difficulties plus milk and honey. If we run from difficulties or we stop serving the Lord because of difficulties, you're running away from blessings. You're missing out on what God wants to do in your life. Now, I know the question is asked, well, what, do you, what is milk and honey for the believer? Well, that's a whole other message in itself, but it's so much. For them, the Israelites, it was literal, literal physical provision. Stuff that they've been complaining about that they wanted to eat all those years in the wilderness. But God's provision... God's grace working in your life. When you want God to keep working his grace in your life. Peace, joy, wisdom, guidance, direction, insight. God wants to do all those things, and we miss out on all those things that God wants to do. And that's, I just listed some things quickly. There's so much. Doesn't mean you won't have difficulties, but boy, you can have all that other too. And all those things that God wants to bless you with to help you through difficult times. Liver or a donut. Don't miss out on the goodness of God that he wants to work in your life because a difficulty crops up. Be prepared for it. It's going to happen. And, and some of them are going to seem insurmountable. Some of them are going to seem too, seem too big for us. People are going to resist us. And try to discourage us, even people we know, even people within the church. Don't let them stop you from enjoying the milk and honey, the blessings that God wants to work in your life. Now, the message I shared this morning was for people who know for sure that if they die, they'd go to heaven. Maybe you don't know that. Pastor, I don't know anybody can know that. Well, the Bible says you can know. The Bible is written so you could know you have eternal life. You don't have to hope or guess, but you can know that. It has nothing to do with living for Christ. Yes, Christians should live for Christ, but that doesn't get them to heaven. The problem is we're all sinners. And because we're sinners, we owe a debt, a penalty to God. That's, that's, if, if you're saying I'm not a sinner, you're not honest. We've all done things wrong. The Bible says that. And if we're honest with ourselves, we have to agree with that. And the Bible says that good things that we could do, doing good things for, for the Lord, coming to church, uh, giving money to charity or to a church. What You name the good thing you could do. Be kind to your neighbor. Those are all great things to do, but they don't take care of a problem the hat we have, and that's that we're sinners. And because we're sinners, we owe a penalty to God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And no matter how good we try to be, and I encourage you to try to be good, just don't try to be good enough to go to heaven because you'll never make it. Everybody misses the mark. You have to be as perfect as God to go to heaven, and we are not. Some are a lot nicer than others. But they, that doesn't matter. It's like the, the person trying to swim to Hawaii from California. You're going to swim to Hawaii, and you have a person that's just wrecked their life with alcohol and they're just a terrible person and they start off to swim and 
They get about 10 yards off and they flounder and go under. Then you have somebody else that's, well, they're, they're a little bit, they're a good citizen. And they, they try to be civil and they pay their taxes and they jump out to swim to Hawaii and they, they get about 200 yards from shore and then they flounder. Then you got the nicest person in the world. You got Granny, a former Olympic swimmer. And boy, is she good, and she's faithful and goes, uh, goes to a church and does everything. She starts to swim to Hawaii, and she might make it four or five miles out, and then she flounders. She was better than uh, the, the, the drunk, the person that, that didn't want anything to do with God, but she still didn't make it. And, and you might be really good here today. You'll never be good enough. That's why Jesus came to do for you what you could not do for yourself. He paid the debt of our sin. He paid it in full at the cross. Then he rose again to prove that it was paid for, to prove who he was. And his offer to you is everlasting life, as a gift. A gift is something that's purchased at someone else's expense and given to you freely. You just have to receive it. How do you receive Christ? The Bible says, but as many as received him... To them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You need to put your faith in Christ. That's what the word believe means. It means to trust, to rely upon. And I encourage you just the best you know how. If you never have, put your trust in Christ. God, I can't save myself, but I believe Jesus is your son who died for me. And he paid for my sins. And he rose from the dead. And today I'm putting my trust, my faith, my only hope for heaven in Christ. And when you put your faith in Christ, not my promise, not First Baptist's promise, but God's promise from his word, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you've never trusted Christ, I encourage you to do so. If you have, don't let people, don't let problems, don't let difficulties cause you to miss out on the promised land, the milk and honey that God wants to work in your life. Let's bow for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Thank you so much for your attention today. Again, if you're here and you don't know for sure you go to heaven, why not put your trust in Christ as your Savior? You could do that right where you're seated. Maybe you're listening at home by live stream. It's not an issue of being in a church. The issue is, what have you done with Christ? Will you trust Him as your only hope for heaven? Say, well, I'd like to. I don't know what to do. Well, why not talk it over with a living God? You can do it even in the quietness of your own mind. Only God knows your thoughts. And tell God something like this. God, I don't understand everything, but I know I'm a sinner. And I know I can't save myself. I know I can't be good enough to go to heaven. But I believe Jesus died for me. And I believe he rose from the dead. And right now, just the best know how, I'm trusting Jesus to save me and give me everlasting life. I believe he died for me. Now, if you've done that before, you don't have to do it again because when you do that, God gives you eternal life, everlasting life. It's the only kind of life he gives. Now, once again, God, I, I, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I can't save myself, but I'm trusting Jesus as my only hope for heaven. I, I believe he died for me, and I'm trusting him to be my Savior. If you're here and you have trusted Christ, that's, that's the most important decision you ever made. But there's another decision you've got to make, and you really need to make it every day. 
I need to keep going forward for Christ. And I realize I, I'm going to have some difficulties. I'm going to have a Christian attitude about it. I, I know that there are going to be people who resist me and, and attack me. I know there's going to be things that seem insurmountable, too big for me to, to handle. But I don't want to miss out on what God wants to do in my life. I don't want to miss out on that peace or the joy or the insight, the wisdom, the provision that God wants to work in your life. Keep going forward for Christ. Don't miss out on the milk and honey. Father, we do thank you uh, for today. Thank you for each one that came out. Uh, Father, help us be mindful to not allow difficulties to get us to quit trying to do what's right, to quit trying to serve you. Father, we realize that you'll never forsake us, but Father, you want to do so much in our lives, and we miss out because we allow difficulties to stop us, to get, turn us around. Father, help everyone desire the milk and honey today in their life. And uh, Father, we uh, thank you again for today. We ask your blessings on the remainder of the day and our, our services tonight. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.